Hey, what's up, guys? It's Dan from United Cue. It's Wednesday, which means we have another awesome podcast to get you over hump day. I'm here with my co-host, Ben. Hello. We're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamado Joe, and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ is dedicated to providing a quality smoking product with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pit masters. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. If you think about buying your first smoker, wanting to upgrade, or looking for charcoal cabinet smokers, check them out over at Max Barbecue. And Barbecue Gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue, inspiring the UK and Europe with top championship-winning barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades, and accessories in the US and around the world. And you can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. So regardless of how you cook, whether it's on charcoal, wood, gas, or electric, Trick, the real taste of barbecue can be yours all year round. And Kamado Joe is renowned for Slow build down, quality. Go way too fast. <laughs> Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation from smoking, roasting, or searing. Kamado Joe is the premium ceramic grill chosen by Michelin star chefs and barbecue enthusiasts alike. Get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out kamadojoe.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter. They should do that now. It's chosen by Michelin star chefs, England captains, and barbecue enthusiasts alike. Because Dylan Hartley's got one now. Yeah. That was really He's cool. He's loving it as well, isn't he? <coughs> yeah, cooking on all the time. Yeah. If you want to listen back to that slower, then just slow it down yourself, and then you can hear everything that Dan just said really, really, really fast. Well, I'm just excited because we have the the British king of asados mm-hmm. and just Argentinian style of cooking, really, because he yeah. uses chappers. He's a bit of an all-rounder. He's smashing it. All his photos look so awesome on Instagram. Yeah, I I take them from that's why. But uh <coughs> you do. So yeah, I just I just manage it for him, that's all. No worries. Uh but yeah. I don't really need to introduce him now, do I? You haven't said his name. Can you not guess? And on today's show we have Tom Bray. Hi Tom, how you doing? Hi, how's it going? Awesome. It's great to finally have you on the show. Me and Dan were just saying before we started that we've been wanting to get you on the show for so long now since we've seen you cooking it. I think, where was you? The Big, big meat, meat, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah Big Meat, you were up That's there right, cooking. Yeah. Yeah. We just fell in love with Asado straight away and we're just like, we need to get Tom on the show to talk about this more. Yeah, we're finally here. Good yeah. stuff. So, so tell us a little bit about you and about how you got into this Argentinian way of cooking. Okay, so, um, yeah, I have a business called Punchfire Kitchen, which has kind of evolved from being just purely kit sales um, of asado um, and sort of live fire cooking equipment to being focused as well on catering and kind of demoing and masterclasses and all sorts of um, things associated. So um, I got into this way of cooking. My wife's South American and I spent time out in Ecuador and I've got all sorts of friends and stuff from all over the place that um, we've kind of made over the years. And my time out there got me into barbecuing um you know, simplicity of it, just lighting a fire and cooking meat. You know, it wasn't it, I, out there. I never cooked on anything that was probably over, you know, twenty, thirty quid. <laughs> Normally, just a brick, brick-built thing in the middle of a park, and just you know, so many fires have been lit on top of it. It, it was, um, you know, it, nothing pristine and beautiful about it. It was just the functionality of being able to turn up with a bag of charcoal and just light a fire so that's the kind of thing that was brought into this is this whole thing of um you know simplicity you know you could turn up anywhere light a fire you know on on the ground stick a piece of meat on a spike essentially and and you're away so i it, i i think that's um 
that's where I've kind of come from and where I'm going with this too is around kind of creating things that are a little bit different, you know, trying to take that enthusiasm there is for um, cooking over fire and make it a reality for people in their own back gardens, really. That's why we've developed some of the bits of kit that um, mean that you don't have to burn holes in your lawns <laughs> and you can just, uh, you know, do it, do it anywhere. I mean, I, I'm fortunate enough to be able to light a fire on the ground in my garden, but lots of people I spoke to haven't have not got that um, same ability. They get divorced. They've got far more, <laughs> far more beautiful gardens than I have. Um, so uh, you know, it it kind of for me. So the journey's been you know experience of South America, um, influence of food from my wife and her family. I just food is everything to them. They talk about it from the moment they wake up about what they're going to eat and uh, plan the weekends all around food. It's just, a, you know, it's a, a way of... Um, I must be South you know, American. It's a way of life. Sorry? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, I mean, since I've been doing this, I've come across, you know, I, I, it's far more aware that um, people are, uh, uh, you know, as in, into it as we are. But, um, you know, I, my family wasn't necessarily a foodie family. Yeah, it's more of a kind of... Um, you know, like a lot of people, just just food, isn't it? Yeah. But you know, when food becomes you know central part of your your kind of life and the entertainment, the way your family gets together, um, and over there, you know, family gets together and there's like twenty odd of them. So you've got to find ways to cook large amounts of food in a in a, in a, in a sociable kind of way, you know. So. Things like this and barbecuing and, and not just barbecuing, but large pots over fires and, and cooking soups or stews, all sorts of cool dishes. Um, yeah, we, we, it, it's all kind of been... Uh, my wife reminds me that she she's kind of started me all on this. Um, and, you know, her influence is all over everything, um, you know, what we do. So, she, unfortunately uh, enough... A key stakeholder in the business yeah, so, then. Yeah, yeah. Managing director, maybe, who knows? <laughs> yeah, well, in both the business and the house. Um... That's what I love, though. I love the, the simplicity that you, you've talked about and, and how that is the style of cooking and, and the style of your products, just basically, yeah. I mean, what is cooking over fire, which which is developed into barbecue as we know it today, but as you yeah. trace it back through the years and 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 around the world, basically, the simplicity of it is literally fire, and, and meat and then just controlling that in, in whatever way you want by height or yeah yeah exactly i mean the other day i cooked a half a lamb with literally just a spike uh, a, you know a meter and a half spike and all i did was <laughs> just put the put the lamb through the spike bang the spike into the ground and i was cooking half a lamb i didn't need um anything other than you know the, the the fuel to to light you know to keep the fire going and the the meat and a and a couple of quid spike you know yeah. so quite often I I admire you know a lot of people you know spend a lot of time and effort and hard earned cash on amazing pieces of kit and um, I think it's great but sometimes you know simplicity is the key and that's definitely something I bang on about really and especially when people come to my master classes i kind of give them an idea of 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 how pretty much how 
simple it all can be, really. I mean, I, we fortunately, we do the masterclass at a place called Pit House Kitchen Garden, which is something, somewhere I've been, I, I do a lot of cooking with them. And um, it's in the most beautiful location, in the middle of an orchard, uh, just a, a, a ground fire pit, stones around it to sit on. And, you know, it just means you can strip everything right back to, to, to the simplicity and, and lighting a fire, using the whole kind of 360 degrees around that fire, over the top of the fire. Um, we do all sorts of amazing things on a very simple way, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. So, and that's really cool. That's super cool. Mm. And I think like yeah. even down to like your, I don't know, like when you talk about simple cooking and there's all these amazing sort of rubs and sauces and stuff out there and I have nothing against I mean, One of our sponsors, Barbecue Gourmet, it imports yeah. some amazing rubs. But sometimes, I mean, yeah. the meat can speak for itself and just keeping exactly. it simple, not covering yeah. it in sauce, just literally cooking, yeah. uh, uh, I don't know, like you said a whole lamb or whatever and slowly over fire yeah, yeah. just brings out the most amazing, yeah, amazing yeah, flavours you can flavor. imagine. And and sometimes it's actually nice to strip that back and, and just uh, sprinkle a bit of sea salt on top and just enjoy the meat, and, and, yeah. and that's it. I mean, it's not really much more you need to do, to be honest. No, exactly. Um, for beef, for me, beef and salt and beef and fire are like just, you know, perfect combination. Yeah, what else do you need? Heaven. Don't really, don't really need too much um, else, really. You know, your bit of... I use Scroft and I, I make a salmuera, which is basically a, a brine that you use to, to baste the meat as you cook. And I occasionally use it with beef, but to be honest, most of the time I just salt it at the start um, and then just let it do its stuff. But with, with the lamb, I like to, to kind of baste it. Or we sometimes, I've had lots of customers have done some really snazzy things with them, you know, and, um, marinated, uh, rubbed all sorts of things and you know it's, it's all things you can put your own stamp on all of this and it's what's great about um barbecue and especially what's great about this whole community is that you learn so many cool techniques and ideas and you know everyone's constantly kind of taking one idea and trying it out in another way you know it's really cool isn't it that, you know you don't have to stick to one formula you can try many things and that's kind of what i'm doing as i'm going along i'm working out so with pork for example um you know pork on uh, a sardo cross isn't a, a kind of typical thing you'd see in argentina my my experience with um in ecuador is that we cooked a lot of pork and so i brought pork in to do it on the sardo cross a because it is a relatively cheap cut that you can get people to um I, I always say to people when they first get one that have never used a cross before, have a go with just a pork belly. It just helps you to, um, you know, work out the heights and the, yeah. the heat and all of that. And it just means you're not going to waste a load of expensive meat. Um, and and uh, so I've kind of exper- experimented with some flavours with um, the, the salmware, the brine with um, with pork and added sort of fennel seeds and added cumin, all sorts of different things. And, and, it, and it does kind of bring out the flavour. But quite often, if you're looking at local good quality meat, then to be honest, that the fire and the meat and the salt should do the work itself, really, I think. Yeah, there's nothing to say that people can't use the rubs and stuff, but I was just getting to the, the point that the simplicity of it all is, is a beautiful thing in itself. And I mean, the only thing I'd probably tend to avoid is a lot of sugar because you yeah, are direct sort of heat. Nice. So, so I'd imagine that yeah. you, you, your typical rubs probably burn a lot easier cooking uh, sort of 
on the asado or, or something similar rather than in like an indirect smoker or something like that. So I'd probably yeah, say yeah, that yeah. would be the... Uh, admit, I, yeah, I haven't really tried like high, you know, much sugar in it, but yeah, I imagine you know, that that's probably the case. Yeah. And what, what do you tend to use different woods and stuff for flavouring or is it not going to really make much difference? Um, How do you feel with that? I don't know. My I'm not I'm not a big one for for making sure it's one type of wood or a certain type of wood. For me, when I turn up especially when I turn up for catering and um I need to make sure the wood is, you know, properly kiln dried or at least really well seasoned and it's, you know, good good wood. That's the key thing because we want a good heat source, you know. Um and you obviously when you're cooking a whole lamb for example, you need the the heat to rise, you need the heat you know, really good flames to get it up high enough to get the, the legs and or the shoulders, depending on which way you've done it. Um, so, yeah, for me, I don't... I, I, a lot of people might um, disagree, but I think with this style of cooking, as long as you've got the kind of wood, you, you don't really need to focus on too much what, um, what exactly it is. I mean, I use a lot of whatever whatever's going, really, beech, birch oak whatever you know really i don't i don't kind of make sure it's one one certain type um but you know it you could do and i suppose there'd be a very small because you're not trapping the smoke in the smoke is going off all over the place you know you're not kind of um well you guys you'll have you'll have done your fair bit of lighting a fire and sticking a bit of meat next to it i don't know you know it would be a very interesting blind contest wouldn't it to see if you could taste the difference yeah i think that like you're saying again it's not it's not being sort of trapped in a in a confined area with that that smoke over a prolonged period of time so so yeah i think that it's it's sort of like for me wood fired oven sort of question a lot of people i i think personally that it doesn't really matter what wood you use in a wood fired oven because it's not the smoker environment and and you do get a wood yeah. you do get a taste of smoke or or the the flavor of the wood there but it's not as intense as, as what you do if you're cooking like something in 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 smoke for a few hours in a confined space so so i think that when it comes to the difference of flavors in woods personally i don't think it is something that you really do notice as much as as what you would in traditional smoking but but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm probably with you that the the good heat source or mm. the correct sort of heat source is more important than yeah. than uh, than flavour at, at this sort of in this sort of style of cooking. Yeah, exactly. And I I always say to um, customers when they buy the kit, or if if I do a catering gig at someone's house and they say, "Oh, don't worry, we'll supply the wood." I kind of I I come across a little bit kind of geeky about it and say, you know. Make sure you, a you've got lots of it. You know, don't don't scrimp on the wood. Make sure you've got plenty of it, and you can always store it and save it and use it next time. And um, you know, make sure it's dry, because <laughs> otherwise you're you're chasing your tail the whole way through the cook. You know, as you're putting a log on, it's having to kind of dry out, and then yeah, know, it's not good. It's not good. Um, you know, it, it, a lot of a uh, lot, lot lot of people can underestimate how important the, the wood. The wood actually is, and for me, it's the critical thing. Um, it has to be, you know, it's, it's the central thing to this way of cooking, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever use charcoal with it? Um, I have uh, occasionally when I'm doing an, uh, a, a number of lambs. I'll I'll um, I'll get it. I'll, I'll I'll 
one a couple of weeks ago i did two and a half lambs at the same time and i used a bit of charcoal just to maintain the heat and that was at a wedding so i had to really make sure i was getting the the food out i couldn't couldn't be the the single point of failure on the day so um yeah when you eat it could be two in the morning but we'll uh, just eat there (laughs) yeah so i i kind of um i you know I did. I did for a lamb, but I, on the whole, everything I I do is is generally um, um, generally wood and in um, you know it, it, cool. again, you know, it keeps it very simple. Awesome, awesome. So the masterclasses you've got a few of those on. The, the next one's on the nineteenth of June, which is. Just after Father's Day, so that would make a perfect yeah, that's Father's right, Day yeah, gift, and um, it? <laughs> um, it's a it's it's a really cool day. Um, people arrive on the day they, in the morning. We do coffee around the fire, a bit of um, some pastries, and then literally it's a whole day of, <laughs> of eating. You know, people. My my goal is to ensure people leave with um you know having proper meat sweats <laughs> it's we, throughout the day basically we get from from the moment they arrive they're kind of hands on working hard around the fire so we get the lamb um on the cross um tie it up get it um uh dispatch cocked etc uh then get the start to get the different cuts of beef on so we do on the day we'll do a um uh, river beef, four river beef, um, do beef flank, Jacob's ladder, short ribs, um, we salt bake stuff. So I've been salt baking chickens. It's a nice, um, uh, nice experience because you don't know what quite, most people have never done it before, so you don't quite know what to expect. Um, we do the, obviously my kind of trademark at the minute is the sea, the, the plank salmon. That's something that I, we serve that up for lunch, so we have a nice uh, kind of inverted common light lunch with salmon and salad. The, the pit house and kitchen do some of the salads for us. Cool. It literally is a, a, a mega feast throughout the whole day. And then the afternoon is literally one cup after another coming off. And um, everyone just diving soon. in. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it, seriously. I mean, I've had people who come along and do it because they're interested in going away and doing the actual um, cooking in their own gardens or in uh, you know their own businesses. But um, I've also had people that just come along just because they love meat <laughs> and they're quite they're quite happy not to really learn too much. They're just happy to you know have a day sitting around the fire, drinking some nice beer, um, and eating lots of meat. Which, to be honest, for me, you know, if I wasn't doing it, I'd be going. <laughs> It really is good fun, and um, it's very relaxed. You know, I always say to people, you can do as much or as little as they um, they want. You know, I get people getting their hands really, you know, dirty, getting stuck in. You know, um, what's the word? You know, getting the the meat on the cross, and I show them how to tie up the the four ribs in a way so that you can flip it during the cook, and all of those sorts of things. Um, and, and on the whole, so far, it's um, it's been really well received and cool. had some amazing feedback. So, yeah, yeah, awesome. Every yeah. every photo I've seen of the day looks amazing. Everyone seems to be really enjoying themselves. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, the, the amount of meat, you, you, if you like meat and you like fire, then to be honest, it's a perfect cake. Even if you don't, if 
you not be bothered about learning too much if you just want <laughs> to hang a out feast. and <laughs> yeah, hang out and eat, eat. What is really nice about it is a couple of things that I really like. Um, is that there's not many occasions where you get to eat different cuts of meat cooked in slightly different ways, yeah, um, and you get to taste the, the difference in the meat Simult- so simultaneously, specifically, yeah. Yeah, with beef. So I do a, a Jacob's ladder. Uh, you know, tends to be seven, eight kilos of beef. We do um, a, a flank, a whole um, flank, which is basically about four, five, three or four kilos. Um, and then we do also um, the, the, the four rib. And when you take them off and you try them, and they're different cuts. So even with the four rib, you've got the the rib eye in the middle, mm-hmm. and then you've got the rib cap, and the rib cap just cooked. Because it's been cooking around that kind of um, just beneath that massive layer of you know oozing fat, it's just the most beautiful bit of the meat. I absolutely love it. Um, because it's always been closer to the fire, it's taken a bit more of that smoke as well. Yeah, nice. I was about to. I mean, before you went, I was about to say like it's such a a very day of cooking in the sense of like you said the different cuts. And yeah. also your your range of stuff from fish. To, I mean, your quicker things to cook. Your and also your salt baking. You're doing veg. That's I've right, seen there's yeah. lots of veg and stuff as well. You guys do, and like it's yeah. it's a good varied day of learning lots of different cooking styles and techniques. It's not just one thing they're going to learn. When you're talking like an asado, I would want to learn how to use an asado. But actually, what they're learning is a lot more than that. It's a whole sort of range of cooking techniques and also within each range, different styles within that range and, and how to cook different things, which which is awesome. Yeah, that's right. And the veg stuff, I mean, for me, you know, putting um, the veg into the embers and cooking it off is one, one part of it. But, you know, you can bring it to that next level ready to serve at your, at your kind of house party or whatever by just... Um, adding a few extra bits and get, bringing it to that next level because you know we've all when you when you um one thing i do run through people is just how to get get it there ready you know because you can be when you're doing a party at home and you're cooking like this and this is one of my big kind of second points of this style of cooking i think is that you can light a fire put some meat around the fire put your veg around the fire and you're sharing that with your um the people, your guests you know people are arriving you're not back to them flipping things on the on the on a barbecue or you're not kind of worried about temperature this or temperature that you're stood around the fire drinking a beer with your mates while yeah. this amazing piece of meat is cooking and then you can be preparing the salads as you go because you've got the the, the veg in the embers you can pull them off um slice them up have them all ready for when you take the meat off and the the kind of um, the masterpiece comes together, if you like, yeah. and it, it can be a nice slow process because it's a slow way of cooking. It's you know, if you're doing a piece of um, a decent sized bit of Jacob's uh, ladder beet salt rib, for example, you know, you're probably looking at five five hours worth of cooking. So you've got five hours of potential drinking time and prep time <laughs> in there. So uh, I say it is a bit of a health warning, you know. You light if if you're going to light a fire in your garden at say eight nine o'clock in the morning, um, ready for your mates to get around there two two o'clock this year, or you know whenever you you, you might be half cut by the time they get there. <laughs> full cut, so, yeah. So yeah, full cut. So you know, health warning: be uh, be responsible around the fire. <laughs> 
which is something obviously I, now I do this properly, you know, as a caterer, it's something, you know, obviously for me, this all started out as lots of fun and it remains to be lots of fun, but it's serious now, you know, you've got to be, um, you've got to make sure all of the hard work's out of the way before you can start enjoying yourself. Definitely. I mean, um, to get an idea when you say like the beef ribs take five hours, like so how much, how long does something like a, uh, like a whole lamb, for instance, or something like that take, take on an asado? Um, I, I always say um, it's it, not a very good answer, but it depends. I mean, with our British weather, and if I was doing it today, obviously it's not great weather. Um, so I would need to allow a little bit more time. So I, I always say to people, allow around about seven hours. You know, if it's your first time, allow eight, even nine. I know it sounds ridiculous, but... Uh, allow yourself way more time yeah. than you need because you can always bring the, the meat back away from the fire. Um, uh, really, I mean, I, I can... Now I've done this lots and lots of times and I've kind of gained the experience. I can speed it right up and know what I'm doing. but And so I can get it in around about, you know, five and a half, six hours if I had to. Um, but uh, people that are doing it for the first time, I think, you know, trick is to to give you give yourself plenty of time and um be kind of be prepared to yeah you know, the thing is if you're doing it on a on straight onto the ground you haven't got the the issue so much of the fat dropping in down into the fire but if you're doing it on a kind of a fire pit and you've got with a lamb once you turn the lamb you, the, the amount of fat that renders out is impressive it, it makes you um realize really and you've got to be you know on on uh on guard for it really as well so it, it takes a bit of doing and um takes a bit of mastering but after after a while you can get there i i think um people doing it in, in their own gardens i think half a lamb is great it's nice and manageable um it you could probably squeeze that into maybe five hours you know depending on what else you're cooking around that fire if you've got a big enough fire um, and you know you you, you don't have to obviously as well different parts of the land different um, you want it at different temperatures and quite di- quite difficult to to do that um, especially if you do it for the first first time so um, give yourself plenty of time so with lamb you know you're looking I would say seven eight hours if, if it's your first time master it master the fire master the height. Um, and then from there you can start pushing it and taking it a bit quicker. Yeah, cool. And and that was, I mean, you sort of covered it a little bit there as well. Is on like a whole animal, for instance, you you if you're cooking each part individually as a different cut, yeah, you would quite often yeah. be cooking to different temperatures and you'd be going for different things. Yeah, like sure. I'd want this bit rare normally, but obviously yeah. like this other bit I'd want. Like I'm just saying on like a a lamb, for instance, I'd want to want the shoulder cooked really low and slow for a long time but then yeah, like yeah. you're talking uh, for instance like a rack of lamb you, you'd want cooked rare but, like to I me mean, there's so many different parts to an animal what, what do yeah, you do in yeah, that is, is mean, it it is very difficult um the, the kind of middle bit of the lamb so the the, the etc cooks quite quickly this way because of the way the fire how the closeness of the fire and also where the ribs create a bit of a, a trap for the fire as well um so it is quite a challenge to do that. So I think if you can master it and get those bits cooked nicely 
um, then brilliant. But also what, what, what you get with this style of cooking is you, um, everything remains extremely juicy anyway. So even if you do take something a little bit further than you'd hope, the, 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 because it's been cooked nice and slowly, the juices are still there and it's still really, really tender and like it'll just pull apart which is great and again you know you'll you'll kind of master it as you go along and you'll work out certain you know ways of doing it like i i um as i said i sometimes with the lambs i put a bit of um, charcoal in and that means you've got some embers quickly to get around the around the um shoulders and get that nice and low and yeah and uh, you know it, it, it I think for this style of cooking, you'd be, or you might have saw when we when the big meat when we took that beef off, the juiciness of the, the juiciness of the beef was incredible, because um, what happens is all the fat is just sort of rendering in, inside it, and yeah. just not kind of yeah. It's, it's it's a great way of doing it, and I I just say get, get something on on there, try it out, and you kind of soon work out different ways of controlling it. Cool. And, um, and yeah, that's how you get on. You know the uh, like the wire that you use to hold stuff yep. up. What type of wire is it? Uh, I use stainless steel wire, and I've been through a bit of a trial and error kind of um, thing with this. The and I, for me, the perfect wire is about it's one millimeter thick wire. It's stainless steel because obviously, obviously, you don't want any of the galvanized um, stuff yep. which you'll get in B and Q or home base or whatever. Um, so I buy it from Amazon um, and just, you know, it's relatively, exp- I mean, it's not cheap, but I buy it in bowls of like 70 metres. So it tends to last quite a while, although I do use quite a lot of it. Um, and I always overuse it because it's so much easier to um, twist when you've got a longer piece. And, and it, you know, you can, it's quite sharp and you can nick yourself and cut yourself. So, it does take a bit of practice all of this, and I've kind of got down to a, um, you know, got it mastered now. Where, you know, when when guys start out, they they kind of forget how sharp this stuff gets yeah. when, you, when you chop it off, and um, it's a bit of you know you do have to take it take it very carefully. I tend to do as much of the prep, um, you know, the night before if I'm catering, or um, I, I don't want to be turning up. But obviously, with different with lamb, I can't have a whole lamb splayed out and store it as easily, but um a uh, you know the beef ribs and uh, all of that i try and get a lot of that ready so that i'm not rushing you know it's different if you're doing it at home in your garden you know you've got time all the time but um when you cater and i try and get all that stuff done because it is quite it does take practice as well and you need to get it nicely tight tightly done yeah. So yeah, you can get I, it on Amazon. I, I use like Scientific that. Wire Company is the company that I tend to get most of it from. Cool. Um, cool. Yeah. As I say, I can imagine like meat is cooking low and slowly, and it starts to like fall apart, and you end up with like yeah. a leg still attached and a bit falling off. Is that common, or is that? Not yeah, no, not really. Not with the lamb. I mean, obviously, depends, really, you probably have taken it off by then because you would start to be overcooking the lamb if it's breaking down too much. Um, but with with um, with if, if if cuts that haven't got much um, like the, the bone, so if you do like the flank cut vacío in, in in Spanish, that's not if a cut that hasn't got any bones in it. So if you're doing it on the cross, you have to. 
make sure you get it through the, the bits where there's plenty of um, of kind of harder bits of fat so yeah. that it, it creates a structure. Um, and same sometimes with belly pork as well. I do where I do the belly pork on the cross. That you know, with belly pork as that break right starts to break down when you're cooking it really slowly, it does sort of pull off. And at the end, sometimes you can without even cutting the wire, just literally yank it off and it comes off really nicely, which is a, a nice thing to see. You know, and it's cooked nice and um, yeah, nice slowly, and it's ready to kind of. Okay. And that comes off quite nicely, and you, you can slice it. You don't get to a, a pull in, you know, you can't really pull it, but it would um, come off in really nice slices. Nice. Happy days. Yeah, I was always thinking out with the salmon, when you got the salmon nailed to it, yeah. I always think, like, you could go a little bit over that and start losing the salmon into the inside. Sliding down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it, uh, where, I, where I cook a lot, it kind of in front of people, uh, where it helps. Um, we, I, when I'm doing the pit fire nights there, we, I'm basically cooking throughout their lunch service outside. So I'm talking to people all day long about it, and and I'm the questions are tend to be, uh, so if they see the the lamb hanging up there, that's never going to cook. You know, the, the first instinct is to look at these things and think, oh, how's that going to stay on there? Or, that's never going to cook. And with the salmon, people say. Yeah, I mean, it, when you look at it, you think it's, it's going to go, but it's got a structure, you know, in the meat, in the the skin. And I use stainless steel nails, and that keeps it on there really nicely. Once it's um, cook, cooking down and sort of um, flaky, you know, some it can look like it's going to drop a little bit, but it, it, it's, it's, the, the nails are enough to keep it there. It's a really nice way of cooking it. And all, all I literally do with the salmon is just sprinkle of salt um, and a bit of bit of lemon as I cook. And there's lots of things you could do with it. But when you, again, it's one of these things, going back to the, the simplicity, is um, the, the smoke and the, the salmon is a classic, you know, classic combination. And, and when you cook it like this, you get the kind of cooked hot smoked salmon. It's just, just it's just beautiful and it yeah. works well in so many different sort of dishes the pit house use um we we serve it at the um on the pit fire nights um i'll say a bit more about that in a bit but um they also use it on the menu now in salads and they make wonderful fish cakes it just it just brings another element to to the dish. Um, yeah, similar really to like nice. other stuff though. I mean, again, like salmon's one of those things that you normally find people have marinated it or mm. part cured it or, or yeah. whatever and then they yeah. serve it with a glaze on it and, and or a sauce or whatever and then you just start to lose the beauty of the, the salmon. And again, yeah, like, exactly. don't get me wrong, I, I love a bit of salmon with, with some sauce here and, and, and whatever. I love it in a fish pie or whatever you might say but also at the same time, yeah. it's beautiful in its own respect and and having it in that simplistic way actually makes you respect the actual the fish and 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 a bit more and think wow that it actually is beautiful just on its own and we need to remember that sometimes yeah exactly and what happens as well is if you if you get it right get a bit of a a kind of a crunchy exterior especially around the bottom bits and it's just so beautiful it's um it's almost like its own kind of salmon bark but without doing anything to it because that kind of renders out of it when it cooks, it, it, it kind of fries on the outside a little bit. Oh, it's just so nice. It really Gosh, is. And yeah, again, nice. it's one of them simple things that anyone can do pretty much anywhere. You know, um, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, doesn't have to take thousands of pounds. You know, it's just a plank of wood 
six, seven, eight nails and a nice bit of salmon that you can pick up in a supermarket, you know. So it's a, it is a simple way of doing it. But um, And and that I'm sure that you could take it much further by curing and doing all sorts of things. But, um, I, you know, as I say, coming back to this word, simplicity is... Um, is very much uh, something that we're going for to make sure the flavours are clear and you can get that smokiness. Amazing. Thank you very much, mate. I know that I'm conscious with time here and I know that we are coming towards the end, so I'm going to step in and say thank you very much. But I'd like to just, before you go, if you could just highlight where people can find you, where they can book on for your uh, masterclass, where they can come and see you at events and stuff like that. So where can they find you on social media and stuff? Okay, so um, my website is www.argentiniancross.com um, and you can find all the products and information about my masterclasses and catering, etc. on there. My next masterclass at Stilson Spaces left is the 19th of June, then I've got the 14th of July, and then I've also got the 30th of September. Um, you can come and see me um, cooking and come and taste my food as well as the amazing food of Pit House Kitchen Garden at Pit House on the first Saturday of every month right throughout the summer. Um, it's a great opportunity to pop down, um, have a chat with us and enjoy the food. The food's sort of banquet style, so basically whatever we're cooking that day, salmon, beef, lamb, etc., you get a bit of everything, you have to choose. And it's accompanied by amazing salads and um, sides that the, the kitchen put together. So, um, and always a bit of smoke in there as well because we, you know, take the veg out on the fire pit too. So you can um, come down there at Pit House Kitchen Garden if you Google it or pithousekitchengarden.co.uk and you can find out more um, there. I'm hopefully doing more cooking at Pit House and um, it's a most beautiful place. So if you come down and uh, there's a whole kitchen garden there, local veg. Um, straight into the kitchen, you know, it's brilliant. So if you're in down this way, around Salt area, um, get down yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And also check him out on Instagram if you go to Country Fire Kitchen because the That's Instagram right. Sorry, yeah. feed is absolutely Instagram, amazing. Instagram, Country Fire <laughs> Kitchen, and um, Twitter. I haven't got around to kind of combining these yet, so I'm on Twitter. I'm at Tom Bray Barbecue. Uh, you can find me on Twitter on there. So I kind of have, I don't, I don't post the same things on the same site. So I try to mix it up so there's a different bit of a different, for different audiences. And so, um, you know, it, follow me and see what I'm getting up to. And hopefully I'll meet some of you um, as we go along through this journey. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Tom, for coming on. It's been Thank you very much. Catch up. Cheers. Been a pleasure. Cheers, mate. We'll chat soon. Bye. 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 Thanks for tuning in, guys. We've recorded yet another awesome podcast to get you over hump day. As always, we're brought to you by Pro-Q Barbecue Gourmet, Kamado Joe, and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. Pro-Q is dedicated to providing with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pit masters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Pro-Q Smokers. So if you think about buying your first smoker, wanting to upgrade or look at charcoal cabinet smokers, check them out over at Max Barbecue or Barbecue Gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue and supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades, brines, injections, everything, everything you need. and accessories from the US and around the world, including the Chicken Fister. Uh, you can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet, so regardless of how you cook, whether it's on charcoal, wood, gas, or electric, the real taste of barbecue can be yours 
all year round. And Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation from smoking, roasting or searing. Kamado Joe is the premium ceramic grill chosen by Michelin star chefs and barbecue enthusiasts and England captains alike. Get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out kamadojo.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness. I provide the talent. Sorry, and you provide the talent. So if you are looking for smoking wood chunks, dust, chips or planks, then head on over to smokewoodshack.com and you can find them on Twitter at smokewoodshack. So goodbye from me. And goodbye from me, the better cook of the two of us. That's yeah. a lie. I'm the best barbecue cook.